reporter from the Tribune. I love both of them. We're having a blast. When we left off, Lacey had just taken the stand and Clayton Sims, her attorney, was seated next to me in court. If you don't know what's happening, you need to listen to the last episode. But we're just going to jump in right there. Here we go. Then, then we start the proceeding and they have all these exhibits to bring in. They want Lacey to look at some stuff. And she testifies on direct exam. They show her all these merchant accounts. And the merchant accounts that were in Lacey's name, they actually ran a lot of money through it. Do you remember this, Tom? They were like... Right. It was like $5 million. Ex- or exactly. You were right on. Yeah. yeah wow. she, had, she had an account that $5 million ran through there. Now, you like initially you might think, oh, what consequence is that to her? Like, well, they always paid all their taxes. Yeah. Always. They were, I think they were hoping that taxes wouldn't be paid by these guys and they could go sure. after them, but that never happened. So really the only consequence that she had was that she had good credit and she had a merchant account that had a history of millions of dollars running through it that was in good standing. That, yeah. Here's what I know now. She had actually bragged to their friends and her friends that I have a merchant account and I'm going to be a millionaire from this and blah, all this stuff. Well, uh, okay. That's again the deal. She's misunderstood. She she seemed to think that she was owed a bunch of this money because her name was on the account. When in fact, all she had contributed was her name. She hadn't put up any money or 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 any work or or any expertise or anything. Like, and and that was the impression you got from her testimony. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That seems to me why she was kind of angry yes it was because oh there was five million dollars run through and, this account and i didn't, and I didn't get, get a cent of yeah. it yes yeah reach the entitled first of all she doesn't know when she anything about i take the fifth and now she thinks that that money should be hers which it doesn't have anything to do with her okay right right all right, right. exactly and so when jeremy gets to cross-examine let me go to the trial transcript of that okay while you're doing that tom what's your out. what how are you seeing all this does it look as confusing as it sounds like all of a sudden the attorney is put behind the <laughs> behind the wall behind the gate i mean this girl is- uh, i i have to say i was quite amused by uh-huh. the whole thing because, <laughs> that's you know, a, yeah I'm just, i don't really have a you know a stake no, in any uh-uh. of this personally you know and stuff and the trial really had been really uh-huh. up to this point yeah. and i'm going whoa yeah. a little excitement here you know type <laughs> or, of thing. or a lot so, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so one of the things leading up to when pam gets to it that the headline and stuff was at this point nobody i didn't think in the courtroom knew except you know uh, uh maybe pam and and jeremy obviously would know that that Lacey had been a stripper oh, okay. or st- still was. I think that hadn't been part of the testimony or background right. on her at all. Okay. So as far as the courtroom knew, for the most part, she was just this person who had worked for just Jeremy. Just this young and girl. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Jeremy, he asks on cross-exam, he says, I have some exhibits that I want to bring in. Now, remember, we've already gone through the impeachment evidence and how it works yeah. from Martin Elliott, the visa mm-hmm. guy. And right. now the judge understands that. And so Jeremy says, I have some conversations that I am going to be bringing in from some messaging that went back and forth between Lacey and I, between this witness and I. And the government's freaking out. 
Your Honor, we have never seen this evidence. And, blah, blah. and Jeremy explains, that's because it's impeachment evidence, Your Honor. Oh, I guarantee you the hair learner. stood up on the backs of their necks. They were like, uh-huh. what the? And because it's impeachment evidence, you have a, a witness on the stand and you have some evidence with, that would show what they testified to is not true right. or, or whatever. You don't have to turn that over to the other side, right? To the the prosecution. Okay, that's yeah. what we learned last time in the whole situation with um, Elliot. And, yeah, with Elliot. Elliot. Okay. okay. Yes. Is it hard now to go into court and have an idea of where you think it's going to go, and then you're shocked that it made a left turn, or, or as an investigative reporter, you've done it so long, you just know to go in with an open mind, kind of a like, oh, let's see where this is going to take us. How do how do you approach that? It depends on what level uh, understanding of the evidence you have okay. on the one hand. And Tom uh, always has other. way more than most of the attorneys, just so you know. <laughs> but I entered this trial thinking, you know, I had known a lot of a lot of evidence and stuff, some access to documents and things like that. So I knew a lot about the case, but I went in with an open mind thinking, okay, let's see what the government can prove here, okay. you know. So let's see what their evidence is. Let's see how they present it. Let's see what their witnesses say. And maybe he is guilty of bank fraud. Sure. You know, type of uh-huh. thing. So there's always things in trial, I think. Not, not always, but uh, things in trial that come up that surprise you, that witnesses say something you don't expect them to say mm-hmm. or like that. Just like what Lacey so. did with I Take the Fifth. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you yeah. know that law, like that rule going in before, or were you as taken back? Um, I mean, I know everyone in the courtroom was taken back, the prosecuting the defense, everybody when she did that. But did you understand the ramifications that that trial should have ended right there or could have ended right there? Or did you have to learn that later? Yeah. I. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I probably just learned it from when the defense stood up and said, hey, this can't happen yeah yeah interesting but i think the fact that the prosecution said they didn't know was an out for them you know because if they had no idea that she was going to do that and it does seem pretty spontaneous Uh that she how she came up with this show then i think you know there's you can't just a a judge would not automatically just apply that that rule given the circumstances Mm -hmm. Okay, so Jeremy, he's explaining, like, I have some documents that are going to impeach this witness. And so they make the witness leave, they make the jurors leave so we can argue. I've never seen a case where we had the jurors leave so much for us to argue. <laughs> like, have you, Tom? Didn't it seem like we were doing that an awful lot? Oh, Different points. Oh, it was, it was so contentious. Oh, it was, you know. it was so contentious. <laughs> yeah. Part of it had to be has, has to do with the judge and his attitude toward things. Part of it was that you had a, a couple of guys representing themselves instead of attorneys, yeah. you know, and stuff. And then you had prosecutions, prosecutors who were kind of over the top on a lot of things, I think. Yes. So what happens here is they present these messages that Jeremy had brought in and the judge, they said, okay, basically, <laughs> like you get to talk about this this page, this one part on this one page, we'll let you talk about it. Because Jeremy said the same thing that Tom had said. Ter- Jeremy says, look, 
it sounds like from her direct examination, and, and this is privately when we're arguing, he says, it sounds like she's saying she had no idea that we were doing this, that she didn't know she had a merchant account in her name, that she didn't know that money was processing through there, when in fact, we had conversations about it. And I have these messages about it. And the government's like, this is not impeachment. Jeremy won that argument. Marcus helped him. And he won. So we were allowed to present it. So, But Jeremy, I think, mistakenly gave them like a whole bunch of pages of his communications with Lacey. And he was limited to this, supposed to only talk about that one part. So we do... And Jeremy asks her about that, right? But as he starts looking at that, he's asking her, like, do you see, like, and they're referring to these text messages. Now, to see those, her attorney needs to look at those to, to be able to see the exhibits. Yes, but he's outside the gate. He can't. Exactly. So there's a problem. And Marcus had suggested that he sit right next to Lacey, which yeah. would have made way more sense because... Every witness, the witness has a screen in front of them to see. The jurors all have a screen. They see what sure. the same thing the witness is seeing. The prosecutors have screens. The defense has screens. And there's a large screen that they have for those of us in the gallery for us to see once it's been ad ad actually admitted as an exhibit. So Clayton says, Your Honor, I can't see this. And so the judge suggests that he come up at where he can see. Well, I just told you where all the screens are. So... <laughs> Clayton decides he's going to look over the shoulder of the prosecuting Ryan. No, we wish oh. we wish instead okay. he looks over the shoulder of Ryan, one of the, the co-defendant that's represented okay. himself. Okay. He's pro se Ryan and Ryan's standby counsel. So not only remember, Marcus was mad that he was sitting by me. Now <gasps> so he now just he's moved right up. Oh, he's right behind Marcus now. Not, oh. not literally, like he's on the road, the desk behind Marcus overlooking. Right. And as they start discussing this evidence, then <laughs> Marcus turns around and he sees Clayton standing there looking over his shoulder. And Marcus is pissed. Yes. He's so mad that I can, I can hear him saying, like, what are you doing? Get the F over there. And he says it. Like, and he's pointing to prosecution table like, hey, you wanted to be, those guys are your buddies? They're your buddies. Get, get the F over there. And Clayton just kind of stands there. And so Marcus says again, like, hey, you mother effort, like something like, like get over there. Like it's intense. And this is while testimony is going on. And there's like, obviously a commotion in the courtroom. Big yeah. time. And so and Jeremy's the judge, trying to, Jeremy's trying right. to talk to Lacey. <laughs> so and he, and Marcus feels like Clayton is leaning over and reading all his special yes, notes. Yes, yes. And he's like, get over on your own side. Get yes. across the aisle. Yeah. So oh my. And what are you thinking, Tom? <laughs> well, remember, remember, Marcus had had that confrontation earlier about the, you know, Clayton taking him over to the prosecution uh -huh. table. Uh -huh. You know. Yeah. So, so I, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this is interesting here, you know? Things yeah. are getting exciting. Okay. <laughs> yes. So Jeremy's cross-examination starts like this. He says, why did you agree to allow merchants, merchant accounts to be opened in your name? Answer, you told me you were building me credit, and I trusted you. Jeremy asks, did you expect to be compensated for that? Because Jeremy, Tom, and I all got the impression that that was why she was so mad. And okay. she's, 
answer. I didn't realize that you were making a bunch of money off of it. I didn't understand that I could be compensated. Jeremy says, how much money do you think I made? Answer, I didn't know. I had no idea. Because now she knew. Like, this is years before. Like, she knew that there was, there was a merchant account. And she mm-hmm. actually asks him, hey, I want to start a business in Vegas. I have a friend who's doing it. And they need a merchant account. And I think I could make a lot of money. Don't I have a merchant account? And that's what the exchange is that Jeremy's referring to. Okay. Now, that's what was happening while that exchange, that cross-examination was going on by Jeremy. And you can just, like, there was so much chaos over on the defense side that the judge stopped the proceeding and had the jury leave the room again. And then he asks, again, they just barely got in there. And he asks them to leave. Now we have, like, this little mini hearing. With Marcus chewing out time. No. Yeah, the purpose of this little hearing is basically just for the judge to figure out what is going on on the defense side? There is all kinds of chaos over there. So then Mr. Sims goes up to the podium and, and the judge is asking him what's going on. Clayton Sims says, okay, I don't really have a place to see. And someone is showing a document that I haven't seen or familiar with and I just wanted to see it. And Jeremy says, your client has all of this. And so when Clayton is complaining, like, I can't see the document. And Jeremy's like, your client has it. He's kind of like, go up there and stand next to her. Go read it off of her shoulder. Is Go anywhere but here. Anywhere but okay. here. Okay. So, so the judge starts out. He says, we're going to take a recess and have an opportunity to review it. And so then the judge is asking everyone, like, what happened here? What's going on? Because now the jury's out of the room. And Ryan says, I think if I can, Mr. Mumford was asking him to go over to the prosecution side to view it. That's true. <laughs> that is technically true. To to a certain extent, yeah. And and so it may not be the whole thing. Right. And so <laughs> but Clayton Sims is not having any part of that. He wants you you gotta hear how he handles it. So he's at the podium and he says, Well, what quote did you hear from Mr. Mumford? And he's asking Ryan this. And Sims says, Specific quote, sir. And the the judge says, we're going to stop talking about this right now. We're going to excuse the jury. So that's when he has them leave. Then it gets really hectic. So they ask, Mr. Sims, you wanted to make a record. So this is the judge telling Clayton, like, you want to make a record. What does that mean? Put it on the record what happened. Oh, okay. Make a point. Okay. Make a statement in court. On the record. So this is, like, recorded by the recorder, which is why I can read this to you now. Okay. And Mr. Sims says, yes. The setup in the courtroom is such that the technology is such that if a document is not admitted and I'm in the audience, I don't get to see it. And the court says, right. And so Mr. Sims says, so So I stepped forward to look at the screen and I was, okay, standby counsel for Ryan. He says, that guy gave me his seat, very generous and kind and gave me his seat. And then Mr. Mumford turned back and maybe Mr. Mumford. And so here's Sim Clayton saying, and maybe Mr. Mumford should say exactly what he said to me. <laughs> so the it's judge like says, it's like a tattletale. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy crap. I've never seen anything like this in my whole life. And the judge says, do you want to make a record, Mr. Mumford, as to what you said? And then Marcus stands up and says, yeah, Your Honor, uh, there's an issue with Mr. Sim that he was going to be in the courtroom. I saw him here behind me. I saw him looking at our screens. I don't trust him. I don't trust anything he does. 
Your Honor, I tried to discuss this matter with him, and he brought me in and paraded me in front of the prosecutors as if I was doing something wrong just trying to speak to him, so I don't trust him. So I told him to get out from behind because I just don't trust him and to get over to the other side. I tried to be as nondescript, and I don't think I made a scene. (laughs) I just made it clear to him that that was what was happening. And Mr. Sims says... I would ask that he say the exact same words that he said. <laughs> and, and Marcus answers and says, I think I whispered, get the F over there. Did he say the F word? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. He did. I, he did. Uh-huh. And Mr. Sim says, that was part of what I heard. That's not complete. The judge asks, what did you hear, Mr. Sims? Take a minute. And he has, now he's telling him to take a minute because he is almost crying. He's on the verge of tears. I had been in trial with this guy for a week-long trial, very intense. I never saw anything like this. I've never seen anything like this in court. It is so crazy. I'm not sure it's real. I still don't know if it was real. What? I know. So that's that's pretty bizarre. Even Wait a itself, minute. You Wait have a minute. This man be- you have a hardened defense attorney who's probably been in many, many trials, many serious, serious trials, and he's choking up because somebody told him to F off. Or get the F get on the your F own side. Of, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you know a tent, uh, 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 this is probably true of defense attorneys, but also prosecutors, attorneys are the worst, they're the most profane people. Oh, yeah most profane yes uh, yeah. uh, profession I, I've ever run into. Yes. Really? I think journalists yeah. use a lot of swear words too. They may be more profane than not- Lacey's profession. Seriously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but so, so the F-bomb is upset Clayton so much he's crying. Yeah. There weren't actual tears, but his voice was cracking. And if he wasn't actually crying, it's as close as you could get without doing it. But you don't hear that in court very you often. You really don't. So this whole thing oh is so God. shocking. So so the judge says... Okay. So all this is happening, and he's like, take a minute, kind of get your composure, kind of a thing. Like, are you dying? Like, I don't know. The shock of it, I would have been hysterical. I'd have been laughing my ass off. I would have oh, been like, oh my oh God. <laughs> They're going to... I'm, I'm going, this is yeah. great. This is great. <laughs> like, well, it's just like shock. You know? Well, and, and see yeah. how we got there. The judge first was asking, like, what happened? Who heard right. this? And he asks, he asks Ryan, what did you hear? And Ryan's like, I was reading. I didn't hear it. And then he asks Ryan, standby counsel, who you'll understand why later. I thought he didn't have a spine. So I expected him to roll over and just say, I heard Marcus say F, get the F yeah. over there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting behind them. My heart just starts pounding, like, out of my chest. I'm thinking like, oh, I'm next, I'm next. He's going to ask me, and I heard it. And what do I say? I don't want to be a tattletale, but I don't want to lie. I can't lie. You can't go to jail. Like, I, so I'm just back there thinking like, please don't ask, please don't ask. Don't talk to me, don't talk to me. <laughs> and and it, I'm, I'm like in the judge's line of sight, like sure. next. And I'm thinking, oh no, what am I going to do? And then Scott Levitt, my client, who I tell you is so honest, so awesome, Scott voluntarily stands up and says, Your Honor, I was sitting right next to Mr. Mumford and I heard what was said. And he's like, 
what did you hear? And he said, I heard him say, get the F over there. And Marcus, like Scott said it. First of all, I've never heard Scott say the F word. Right. And to hear it in court, like the whole thing is just so shocking that I'm just like, what is happening? Like, where am I? <laughs> and then this other stuff with Sims was the follow-up to that. So then he's like, well, you know, get you want to make a record of this, Mr. Sims? So that then the judge had said, like, take a minute, get your composure, because Clayton is crying. And then he says, yeah. So he's like, yeah, sorry. Get the F away from me here. Get the mother effer away. That's what I heard. And the judge says, thank you. And then Clayton is like, sorry. So the judge says, this record's closed. We're in recess. And so we take a recess. And, and Marcus says, I dispute that. And the judge says, Mr. Mumford? And Mr. Sims. Oh, oh, this is... <laughs> oh, no, I had it wrong. This is where it happens. Because Mr. Sims says, I would like other individuals who heard that to step forward and say what they heard. Mr. Riddle come forward. He said, turning to Ryan, he's like, come forward and state what you heard. And then the judge says, did anyone else hear this exchange? And Ryan says, the only it's thing like, I heard, Your Honor, crickets. I, yeah, no, <laughs> no, Ryan's like, the only thing I heard, I was completely off guard. And the ju judge says, what did you hear? And Ryan says, all I heard was the second part that Mr. Mumford said, which is, Please tell him to go get over to the prosecutors. <laughs> I, he said, I wasn't even paying attention until I looked up the second time. So I don't know what Mr. Sims is referring to that I would know the whole situation, the whole conversation. I don't. And the judge is now getting really frustrated. He said, I'm asking a question and answer my question and then sit down. Did anyone else hear this conversation? And then standby counsel for Ryan stands up and says, uh, your honor, uh, for the record, and the judge says, give him a mic. And so he says, for the record, you would think that I was the one who would hear most of it, but I had stepped back, and while I saw an exchange, I honestly did not hear anything either one of them said. And the judge says, my question is, did anyone hear it? So far, I'm getting answers that no one heard it. That's not an answer to my question. Mr. Scott Levitt. And then Scott stands up and he says, I heard the first part that Marcus Mumford said. I did not hear the second part. The judge, tell me what you heard. Scott, get the F over there. The court, thank you. I appreciate making a record. We'll be in recess. And then we're ready to go to recess. And Clayton's like, wait, wait, teacher. Uh, like, yeah. like, Mr. Principal, Let's I'm not done. so funny, son. Shouldn't he be punished? So yeah. he says, and, and so, so Clayton goes, another thing for the record, Your Honor, I'm not trying to sit on a, either side. I feel like it's a bad wedding. I'm not here for the bride or groom. And he's like almost in tears again. He's like, I'm just trying to remain neutral and serve my client's interest, and I have nowhere to go. And the judge <laughs> says, <laughs> the judge answers, I understand that we have a bad seating arrangement. I'm looking into doing something about that at recess. Mr. Sims, you have done an outstanding job under circumstances oh. that have been more difficult than anyone could imagine. I Thank you. Imagine. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. <laughs> and then Mr. Sims says, may I go to the hallway? You may. We're in recess. And oh, my God. Wah, wah, uh, wah. So... <laughs> That was our day. That was the first part of the day. Then when we get back in, Marcus apologizes and says, Your Honor, you're right. This is not 
courtroom decorum. This is not like me. My mother would not be proud. I'm a farm boy. Like, she raised me better than this. She would really be disappointed, and I apologize. And the judge is like, we're going to talk about courtroom decorum. We're going to have a hearing about this and possible contempt charges, meaning maybe we'll throw you in jail, Marcus. Like, I'm not okay, kidding. My thing is, wait, how can you hold a court in... Uh, now, I can understand the judge saying, I'm going to hold you in contempt if he's told the judge, shut the F up or get the F right. over on your own side, right? But you can really hold contempt if something is going between two attorneys? The judge can pretty much do whatever you want. But oh, Tom, what are your thoughts here? It, it has to do with the decorum of the court. Gotcha. Okay. And they want to maintain, you know, really polite civility, uh, yeah. atmosphere in the courtroom. So it's like... You don't say, uh, Sims, what are you doing? You say, Mr. Sims, could you explain yourself yeah. or something yeah. like that? Okay. So you have Mr., Mrs., yeah. Ms., you know, very kind of formal language. Yes. Okay, interesting. Okay. So when they get back, like this was so tense. Now it's kind of funny stepping back from it. It's so tense. It's awful. Now, those documents that Jeremy used to impeach, the government's now using them to what they did is they took, remember I said Jeremy had these exchanges with Lacey and it was like, hey, if that's the choice you're making, you can't uh -huh. live here anymore. I'm not going to take care of you. Blah, blah, blah. Right. The government put those exchanges up on the screen and entered them as exhibits. Okay, wait. I thought the judge limited Jeremy from doing those. How can the prosecution all of a sudden use something that the judge said they couldn't? Ordinarily, that would not happen. In this case, wow. just okay. about anything happens. And seeing that, like, I'm not kidding. I had a lump in my throat that day so bad. I was sitting in court and the, the, I like the kind of lump that you have in your throat when you're trying not to cry. Not because I felt bad for Clayton. I thought he was a chicken. No, he's a baby. I was not happy with chicken baby. But I had a lump in my throat because I was just sick about what this impression this was making to the jurors. Uh -huh. And what this was doing to Jeremy and Sharla. It appeared from those messages yeah obviously they had an intimate relationship but jeremy was not allowed to cross-examine about any of the context of that so to say hey you went to go be a stripper in vegas and i didn't want you to be a stripper was not allowed nothing even close to it you right. he couldn't even say why was i upset with you what is this exchange so for a juror to just read that was like horrifying to me. I had this huge lump in my throat. I was just like, this is horrible. How why couldn't he cross? Why can't Jeremy cross examine? He can cross examine, except they objected to it and the judge sustained it. Oh, okay. So we were okay. stopped. We were okay. blocked. Jeremy was okay. blocked. So totally intense day. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy had a couple friends that were in court and they were friends that were friends of Lacey's also. And the one guy, this guy was so mad that Lacey was, this was, she was getting away with all these lies about not knowing it. And he gets in the elevator and he's, and he's talking on his phone and saying like, hey, I can't even believe that she was saying all this stuff. Like while she's working as a stripper in Vegas, she wanted to do this merchant company and use this merchant account. And she was bragging to us. I picked her up at the airport one day and she was bragging to Dwayne and I, this other friend that, hey, I've, they're running millions through my account. Like, I'm going to be so rich like, when I run this other company in Vegas. So she knew all about this. She knew that. Wait, when who he gets, was on the elevator that heard that? 
Oh, Shelly, I swear you're reading my script in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop reading the head. Sorry. Okay, uh, sorry. There was apparently a juror or two in there. Oh. And an attorney that was representing Lloyd Johnston, who was had been a co-defendant but was dismissed from the case. Okay. So that attorney was there and the jurors. And so, oh my gosh, that guy comes back and says, hey, oh my gosh, I just rode the elevator and the jurors were there. What do I do? Oh, holy crap. You said that in front of jurors? Like, oh my gosh, we almost had a mistrial over this. Not, not another one. Oh, yes, <laughs> no, yes, another one. <laughs> I, I should have tallied things. As if that whole Lacey thing wasn't a big enough shit storm. Yeah. Now we had to bring jurors into a hearing and everyone, we had to bring those guys, we had to bring that guy back in. We had to oh bring the lawyer gosh. back in and have a hearing. I had to go in because I'm the one he told this to. And I, oh, and you so were we in had, the elevator? No, 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 no. He told me after. So then he had to say, what did he tell you? Okay. I was like, oh, okay. No, no, the, just the friend, the friend that said it. He's He told me after. Oh, oh okay. I just wrote that. So, so we had to have this whole extra hearing about it and it was... Oh my gosh, it was just so... To decide whether they were going to dismiss the case. Now it makes me almost laugh because they were never going to dismiss this case. Oh no. this, is like the, <laughs> this is like the 420th what? time it should have been thrown out. It's like I think I really could have taken my clothes off and run through the courtroom and Tom would have done a huge story about it and they still would have let the trial go on. Like, oh, I think so too. <laughs> I'm stripper. It would have been strippers. Yeah, stripper a stripper in the courtroom. Uh -huh, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> So it was such an intense day. And what's so funny, like the lawyer that was on the elevator, I was talking to her and I said, how did the hearing go with you? Because it was the judge, the prosecution, the defense, everyone there trying to decide, should we stop this trial? Should we, what do we do? Do we dismiss these jurors? What do we, and then they brought the jurors in and everything else. And I said to the lawyer after, she's a very good friend of mine. And I said, how was it for you? Because we'd both just done it. Now she came out and she said, I didn't hear anything. I just told them, you know what? I'm so much in my own world. I was lucky I wasn't in the elevator making a tinfoil hat for myself. Like, <laughs> I, I did not hear anything. So, of course, the trial continues. But the next morning, I wake up. First thing I always did was go grab, grab the Tribune because I couldn't wait to hear what uh -huh. Tom had written. And I grabbed the Tribune, and there it is, front page. The headline is, Tempers, a Stripper, and F-Bombs. Just another day at the Jeremy Johnson trial. Oh, By my. <laughs> <laughs> and I, <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and wow. I must admit, Tom, it's truly one of the best headlines Ever, ever, uh -huh. <laughs> and and you're welcome. You guys probably sold a million papers that day. <laughs> it was. Uh, I have to say, the trauma was for other people, uh -huh. but uh, not me. I I thought that was one of the funnest things stories to write that I've ever <laughs> oh probably. Gosh. It was just, and and it was in federal, state federal court where everything is really stuffed uh -huh. shirt. Oh, you know, so stuffed shirt. This uh -huh. huge. 
conflict. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so the uh, both sides were mad at me over that. Whole Amen. Thing. The Amen. Defense, yes. The, the defense was like, "How can you write that? You know that you were you hurt us." You yeah, know? I started. Was like, "Tom, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's yeah. the headline you went with. You are not getting a candy fish at lunch. No way." Like, <laughs> And I and that was it. Uh, she cut me off. Uh, exactly. I, that's it. I have a zero tolerance policy. Once you say like strippers have bombs, like that's it. And then the prosecution was mad because I had called her a stripper, and the reason that had not come out anywhere. I don't think anybody had told me that. But there, the prosecution had filed a document, and I can't remember now what it was for. It was like for. I, I forget some disclosure or something they had to do, and they probably meant to seal it. But I got the document, and maybe they sealed it afterwards, and I got it before. I they don't know. They sealed what it. Happened. They sealed it afterwards. But it was their document that said that she was a stripper in Vegas, oh, and so I put it in, so in the story. I actually yeah. believe that they thought, like we thought, that Lacey was going to be friendly to the defense. So mm -hmm. to discredit her, I think they filed they it. This is my theory. I think they, they filed it, it to say, she's a stripper, she's uh -huh. awful. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they rolled yeah. her over. And so she was like being really brutal to our case. And so then they hurried and sealed it. But Tom had already gotten it. So I love it. Tell, how did you know that they were upset about it, Tom? Uh, because they went and sealed it and said that it should have been sealed or something like that, and I shouldn't have had a copy of it. Uh, but, but I don't remember that they said anything directly to me about yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. That's hysterical. Uh, so now, and uh, now we can laugh about it. It Like, even the defense, we laugh about it because it was, like, the craziest day I've ever had in a courtroom. Certainly. It was... It, I think I would agree. I, I, that's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in a courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was this so is just insane. Like a, this is like a nut show, man. Like every time oh, you turn it, around, it's like, the jury yeah. has to go out. Yeah. Like, run on out and then go sit oh. down and then we're coming back and then this should be a mistrial. It's like, yeah. never mind, erase, erase, come back in and let's, it's yeah. just like in and out, in and out. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they just had a pack of cigarettes back there in the juror room and they'd just say, smoke them if you got them. Yeah. We're going to be talking among ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's something that everyone should know about all this, though, and that's how Jeremy felt about all of it. And Jeremy felt bad for Lacey. Sure. What? Are you kidding me? I did not feel bad for Lacey. That was me that had the lump in my throat trying to keep from crying while she was lying under oath and saying, I never knew any of this. I didn't like all of that crap and making it look like they had this intimate relationship and the way she, she answered her questions. And to this day, Jeremy's more concerned about Lacey than, than himself. Mm -hmm. So, if Jeremy well, were in charge, we wouldn't have had as much fun today. <laughs> 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 also, you know, you take a you take a small town girl, uh, more like a what people would picture like a farming community. Yeah, who has been put into a situation with polygamists. Yes, which is even more tightly controlled. And not, I'm not saying against polygamists if that's what you choose to do, but 
these kids are growing up in it. Yeah. So very conservative to come out into the world, land in with Jeremy and Sharla. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then have this great experience and then move to a stripper. And again, if you want to strip, that's up to you. People yeah. make a lot of money. I think that's fine if that's your choice. But she came from a farm girl to all of a sudden a whole worldly, Yes. you know, the world opened up. And I think it showed on the yeah. stand. Yes, it, because for sure. Now she, all of a sudden she was like, you owe me. She was I'm going to get this. Yeah. Yeah. She became worldwide. It's really like, quick. It's like I say, I don't believe pressure changes us. Mm-hmm. I think it reveals us. I think we really find yes. out our true characters mm-hmm. when our backs are against the wall. Growing up in that environment, I don't think you get a lot of opportunity to develop character. No. That doesn't mean that people can't and they don't, but... Right. But, but in this situation, yeah, mm-hmm, it, I think that explains a lot why Jeremy kept saying, you don't need to worry about her because he's thinking about the girl that they rescued yes. and raised, literally raised, yeah. not this world wise girl who wants money. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. These girls are two different yeah. people Yeah. I think now. he mm-hmm. he didn't hadn't seen who she really was the the fact that she chose Mm -hmm. a lot of money and selling herself should have been a clue (laughs) but but he is he is a very (laughs) kind man so yes so uh, he wants to believe that she was going to be okay yeah so thankfully he's not driving this because we were able to have some fun with this crazy day <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy. Anyway, that is one of the very craziest days I've ever had in court. It was in this trial. There's way, way more to come. But Can't even thank- imagine. I know. Thank you.